Good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Better with Becky and Sammy. Well, things are just a little bit better with Becky and Sammy. We're a lifestyle, food, fitness, and holistic well-being podcast, but really, we're just two sisters in science. Hi, my name's Sammy. I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, where my research mainly focuses on genetics, and I'm a huge Denver Nuggets basketball fan. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Episode 16, Picky Eaters. And who am I? I'm Becky. I'm studying dietetics at the University of Georgia, and I am actually doing the cycle syncing method right now. That's very cool, Rebecca, and I can't wait till we talk a little bit more about your cycle syncing method in a later podcast, Mm -hmm. but a short disclaimer before we get started. This is a entertainment and educational podcast only. If you do have a question about your personal health, please contact a certified or registered professional. All right, Rebecca, so how has your week been? Now, I know you're not in Athens, but are you still taking online classes? Yes, Becky did not drop out of college. We are just taking online classes right now just to avoid, you know, Miss Rona. Um, We've avoided her twice, so maybe hopefully we don't get her and stay healthy because I need to stay tip-top healthy in order for me to make a good score on the jury in November. Well, good luck with staying healthy and having a great score on the jury in November. And I guess a cool thing that I've done this past week is I started my last chapter of my dissertation, the writing part of it. I've been doing experiments for a little bit now. So I guess that's pretty cool, huh? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yep, it's going to be about like 500 pages of dissertation by the end of it. So I should get started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about the question of the week. So this question is, Why can't I drink milk or have dairy if I'm lactose intolerant? And is there a difference between intolerant and sensitive? So there definitely is a difference between lactose intolerant and lactose sensitive. I am lactose intolerant and the toilet can definitely tell you um, (laughs) that I am. But Sam, go ahead and throw your little science spin on it and tell us what's the difference and why can't you know, I can't have dairy. Yeah, sure thing. So if you're lactose intolerant, it means that your body doesn't produce the enzyme lactase to break down the sugar lactose, which is commonly found in like dairy milk and uh, dairy foods. If you are lactose sensitive, it can mean actually a few things. Um, So one of the scenarios, if you're lactose sensitive or call yourself lactose sensitive, is that you can produce a small amount of the lactase enzyme. So you can break down a little bit of the lactose, but not a lot of it. So it still can lead to like bloating and um, like upset stomach. Uh, But a lot of the times, and the most common times when you hear someone say they're lactose sensitive, is that person is actually self-diagnosed. And um, the patient is actually experiencing bloating and other symptoms um, close to eating the dairy, and they just think the term lactose intolerant, but theirs isn't as bad, so it's lactose sensitive. Um, but actually, it could be other things at play. They could just be um, bloating because of the milk or the irritability because of the milk and not necessarily be missing that key uh, enzyme in their genetic makeup. 
A cool thing, though, is that if you are lactose uh, intolerant, uh, if you add lactase back into the milk, you can actually drink that milk and not have any issues. So a great product that demonstrates this is Lactase, uh, the milk brand, and it's a great product, actually. Oh, wow. That's actually cool. And maybe I'll go ahead and try Lactase. And just for people out there like me or even who are sensitive, try goat's milk, sheep's milk, kefir, and also like greek yogurt because the amount of lactase that has to be broken down is less than actual dairy milk like cow's milk um and that's actually pretty cool i didn't even know any of that um next time maybe i'll try and actually you did mention about how you get side effects like bloating and having to go to the bathroom what i experience is i experience all that but I've noticed that I've got more breakouts or acne on my skin. And a lot of other people have actually said cutting out dairy has actually made their skin clear up. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've heard a lot of those allegations before and like so stories like that. It could be uh, an allergy. A lot of times if your body doesn't have to know how to deal with allergies, it tosses out the uh, the allergen into the skin Mm -hmm. so a lot of times if you do have an allergy say you're allergic to peaches like I am uh, you might get a slight rash like I currently have because I had way too many peaches so that's a way that the body can handle um, certain types of minor allergies as well oh that's awesome Sam thanks all right and thank you for the tips about the goat's milk and the sheep's milk being uh, less in uh, the lactose than say cow's milk bovine um, but after, since we have our question of the week, I actually really want to get into the main meat, the main topic of today's podcast, and that is picky eaters. So I got the inspiration for this week's podcast by watching a video about a guy who only eats mac and cheese and literally nothing else. Um, but before we dive into our thoughts about picky eaters, question, Becca, are you a picky eater or do you identify as having picky eater habits? So I used to be a picky eater, give or take maybe three months ago, or even before I started my cycle syncing method, um, because I do not, I'm like a texture person. So till this day, I do not like steak or cow's meat. I just don't like it. But at the same time, I think that comes from a psychological way or me viewing meat memory my grandma has a dairy slash cow farm and so when I was younger my dad put this joke on me saying that dairy was you know dairy or daisy was taken to the meat slaughters and that all the hamburgers or all the meat that I'm eating um was daisy so I still to this day do not like to eat meat or things that are like in natural. So if there's a pattern in natural, let's say like honeycombs, I don't go near that. It's, I think it's tryptophobia, but I just don't like like patterns in that nature. So I guess I'm a picky eater, but at the same time, I've really been incorporating like a lot more vegetables and more different variety of foods. And I'm starting to eat meat now. Are you a picky eater, Sam? Yeah, so... um well, like there was a lot to take apart with your statement there. So first of all, a fun little memory before we get into my answer mm-hmm. is once you started to associate cows with meat, we actually, in order for you to eat meat, called it dinosaur. Yeah. Do you remember that? You're like, no, it's just dinosaur, like yeah. little chicken nuggets, remember? And you're like, okay, you're eating it. I don't know if you kind of bought the lie or not, but I remember that. And yeah. also, 
uh, you can't have tryptophobia and work with a fungal species at the same time because it's nothing but little dots and, and spores. Oh. So I'm so glad that you're not into that profession because that would be a no-go. It would be no-go. Um, so uh, do I do I identify as a picky eater or do I have picky eater ha- uh, habits? Mm-hmm. That one's kind of hard because, like, what's the definition of a picky eater? So I personally do not like Brussels sprouts. I think they're little farts in your mouth every time you chew. And I just, I'm not going to eat a Brussels sprout. Um, but I also don't only eat one certain food. So I would say I'm not a picky eater, but I do know what I like and I do know what I don't like. So I guess that kind of answers that a little bit. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's dig more into this uh, the guy that only eats mac and cheese. So I watched more of this guy, and he actually said he had only been eating mac and cheese for years, which is insane. And he said that he liked things like the texture and the taste, and he can't imagine eating anything else in the whole entire world, to the point where he went to the supermarket and he pointed to a pack of meat and saying, that is absolutely disgusting. I guess him and you have a little bit in common, Rebecca. Uh, but Rebecca, so is this type of habit of only eating a mono food diet, is it healthy? And are there problems that could be associated with this style of eating? Yeah, so being like trained or being around eating and food and diets from a nutrition slash dietetic student point of view, when I heard he only eats mac and cheese, it like sent off bells off my head going ding, ding, ding. Because first off of, you would think malnutrition. So if you're looking at mac and cheese, I don't think since he's a picky eater, I don't think he's trying out a whole bunch of different varieties of mac and cheese. I just think that he only tries a couple like, you know, craft brand or the Annie's like vegan one. And it's carbs and fats and proteins. But I don't think you're really getting that amount of micro slash macronutrients. Maybe some of the brands are fortified with a couple of vitamins. But I think that's absolutely crazy. And like, how do you work with gut issues? And how do you get, you know, like fresh vegetables and fruits and everything like all those macros and micronutrients that dietitians and I preach that you got to have like eating a mono diet, as you see, let's say the carnival diet, you see a lot of like, long term roads, things are happening with being malnourished. And, and and it's crazy. I think it's absolutely crazy. And uh, I really want to see like, if you ever got a physical done or any like blood work done or have like, you know, like, what are his chronic like symptoms right now to see if he, he has any. So that's, that's one of my views that I have. And one of the things that are coming up in my head. Yeah, so to elaborate that on a little bit more, mm-hmm. so you were talking about, well, uh, you can actually have a variety of different types of mac and cheeses, mm-hmm. and some might have, like, say, uh, vitamin D in it because it does have, like, the cheese, and a lot of times we see cheese and dairy coupled together with vitamin D. However, he only eats a specific type of oh, mac cool. and cheese, so he doesn't even venture out with the different brands. He eats the same type of mac and cheese every single day. So I don't even think that he can have variety in the different brands. And I agree with you. I just don't think it's a very balanced uh, meal with uh, your uh, mac and cheese and mac and cheese only. There's very little fiber in it. Uh, I'm extremely scared to see the micronutrients that he's missing out. Um, So I do believe he did go to the doctor and the doctor said he wasn't the healthiest, but he could see this getting worse. 
Um, so that they're mm-hmm. definitely not the best habit to just eat mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. But let's talk a little bit more of why he only eats mac and cheese because we're human beings. We're not just uh, a single entity. Mm-hmm. So uh, as I watch the guy talk more, it seems to be so much more psychological than I at least first thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and his views are uh, why he likes Max and cheese is one, it's consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he needs that type of consistency in his life right now. So what I mean by consistent is he knows how it will taste. He knows how it will feel in his mouth. He knows how long it takes to cook. You know, He knows exactly how to cook the mac and cheese. And maybe he doesn't know how to cook anything else in his life. So he like that same thing. He knows what he's going to get coming out of the situation is the consistency that he just craves in his life right now. Because maybe other parts of his life aren't as consistent. Mm-hmm. Another big um, kind of reason why he only eats mac and cheese that he went into is that he had a rough childhood, his words. And mac and cheese uh, was something that he ate to make himself feel better in troubled times as a child. Mm. And he said uh, mac and cheese was reliable because it was always there for me and I always ate it to comfort myself. So um, I think this speaks a lot, just kind of like looking at this small case study of this one man with mac and cheese, that uh, food is just so much more than just calories and food is just so much more than macro and so much more than fuel. It's just, it's a lot of different reasons why people eat. So what are your thoughts uh, on these sort of things, Rebecca? Yeah, relating back to why I kind of have this like little barrier when it comes to meat, like cow meat, is because I associated it with the memory. So I, I can totally get where he's coming from. Um, and I also like how you brought up that food is just more than just fuel to your body and that it's associated with so much. So that's where you see like an epidemic of so many people who work a desk job or or obese because they are oftenly stressed. And so people stress eat. And when people are bored, they eat and they relate eating to so much. And that's where me and you came with intuitive eating because we viewed food as in related to different types of things. Like I definitely viewed food as stress for stress eating. I ate everything that I could see, but it wasn't as nutritious. It was more towards the high calorie dense foods because they made me feel better. And we could talk later about how, what chemicals and why they make you feel better. But yeah, no, I definitely sees that he was under some stressful circumstances and he went to something that was feeling comforting for him. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree. Like with, we're taught as like dietetic students to view the person like this and especially people who are picky eaters that you got to know their whole story and if he has a rough childhood and he viewed this thing as consistency in his life if you tell him you can't have that anymore he will not listen to you so from a dietetic standpoint maybe you he could have some mac and cheese but slowly wean off of it like have mac and cheese but add hot sauce to it or add bacon to it, just so he still has the consistency. And if he doesn't like the hot sauce or the bacon, totally fine. He can try other things. But um, yeah, this I think this is more than just mac and cheese that he likes. Definitely maybe psychological going on there. Yeah, so uh, tips and tricks on how to help him. So um, he talked at the end of the video, the very, very end, the, kind of the last thing that he does say, 
is that he does realize that his diet is not the healthiest. And he actually admits that on video. Mm -hmm. He also says that he doesn't know if he will ever change, but he kind of wants to, but doesn't know if he can. Mm -hmm. So what are some uh, or additional uh, suggestions that you can give him uh, to widen his food scope? Because he's kind of like in this point in his life where he wants to change, but he doesn't really know how. So, yeah, hearing that he wants to change, but he doesn't know how, that is the biggest slash best step that he can ever take. So all he needs to know is have someone that is consistent in his life that actually can believe in him and saying like, hey, dude, you can do it. The best step is you want to change. So still incorporating what he finds comforting in his life, but also making like a patient slash you know, patient relationship with him. Like, let him know that I'm here for you. Like, you can count on me. And and definitely education, nutrition. Maybe he doesn't know how to cook some foods because he had a rough childhood, like he said. Maybe he didn't have a positive figure in his life to show him these eating patterns and what to eat. So definitely nutrition education. Maybe encourage him, like, have incentives, like, hey, man, like, every single week, like, this is awesome, like, you get to, you know, have whatever you want, maybe he likes some chocolates, or maybe he wants to try some exotic fruit, having symptoms to encourage him, and maybe, like, show him some cooking classes, how fun is that, he gets the education, he gets incentives, and he develops a relationship with you that's a positive. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that, and I would say if I were to give him a tip or Mm -hmm. like a trick or something to help him with um, eating maybe something other than mac and cheese, it sounds like there are other things in his life that he could work on a little bit as well. Like he said that mac and cheese is consistent uh, where his life isn't. Well, maybe what we could do for him is we could have a Monday afternoon every single Monday afternoon. So Mm -hmm. it's something that he knows will always happen. Mm -hmm. And it is a very fun and thrilling and part with a partner cooking Mm -hmm. class. Mm -hmm. And so you have more aspects. And in fact, you could even be cooking mac and cheese, Mm -hmm. but like homemade fresh Mm -hmm. mac and cheese consistently every Monday afternoon with your cooking partner being friendship, Mm -hmm. just a place to start to open the door for him Mm -hmm. to try something different. Mm -hmm. I agree. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I want to go to the Sunday afternoon cooking class and make mac and cheese, bro. (laughs) That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Um, So my final question for you, Rebecca, and this states back to the very beginning of the podcast um, is, uh, are, you know, we didn't quite know what the definition of a picky eater was. Mm -hmm. And I brought up that I hate Brussels sprouts. So, Rebecca, do you think I should eat foods even though I don't like them? Okay, so let me put a little advice or what I told myself as an intuitive eater. So, when I view food, I think about three things. I think about my taste buds. I think about how nutritious the food is. And I also think about how satisfied or satiated I am. I am not going to be happy with a meal if I am not satisfied. So if you don't like Brussels sprouts, you are not going to be happy with your meal. And so why should you not be happy or have all this stress when it comes to eating, right? Like it's a natural thing. So no, you if you don't like Brussels sprouts, 
don't eat the Brussels sprouts. I don't want to force myself to eat meat every day. But a tip is you can find what macro and micronutrients Brussels sprouts has and try to find other things like that in the category. So Brussels sprouts fall under the cruciferous vegetables, right? It's a lot of words to say. So find other vegetables that you do like and eat them in their place of Brussels sprouts. It's that easy. And you also get to have a more variety in your diet. Well, thank goodness, Rebecca, at the end of this podcast, you're not like forcing Brussels sprouts <laughs> down my throat. Yeah, no. Because that would be very unpleasant. And I'm super happy that even though I don't think I'm a picky eater, it also means that I cannot eat certain foods because mm-hmm. I personally don't like them. Mm-hmm. And that is great. <laughs> All right, so today we learned a little bit more about what it means to be a picky eater. We learned that foods are just more than calories. You are a whole person, so foods are just so much more than that. We acknowledge that eating a variety of foods is quite beneficial, and we talked about some tips for broadening our own food scope. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast of Better with Becky and Sammy, where things are just a little bit better with Becky and Sammy. If you do like this podcast, please consider subscribing. And uh, our two sisters in science, really, we're just one of your sisters too. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Please over macros and moderation. And don't forget to eat your rainbow. Bye. Bye.